percolate on a particular mix of odd and inspiring news headlines in Wendy's Coffee House. Newsmakers with a pin shot for the unknown, unexplained, and unusual share their experiences with UFOs, ghost encounters, near-death experiences, and more for your own unique blend of Wendy's Coffee House Curious. And now, here's Wendy. That's right, Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, going to be a little bit different this time. Usually I don't talk about the stuff that I do. Now, I did a little bit with um, Tim Scullion, and I think in November I did a show talking about the ghosts and some of the pictures I've taken. It's been like 20 years of this nightlight experience, which I wrote about in a book called Talking to Nightlights. And, of course, by the time I wrote about it, things were, um, I'd already been having an incredible amount of encounters. Life changed in 1997, and it took me a while to figure out how I was going to even talk about it because when this stuff happens and all of a sudden you see things, hear things, and experience things that weren't quite that front and center. Well, it became front and center. So as I began to be more comfortable with this and stop questioning it and stop trying to figure out how many different ways I could be crazy, (laughs) then I began to be a little bit more um, excited and curious about what else I could do. And so some of the stuff I talk about, I've been doing this for about maybe a decade for Empower Radio, and that's the, the other the podcast that I do. And so I've talked about a lot more of it there. And here I've just kind of touched on it. So to give you an idea, if I go into a space, then there are, are things that I can sometimes feel, sense. I do it. Every, every single person does this differently. But that's what happened with this thing in 1997. Things changed. Just checking out the blog real quick to catch us up. Some of the shows that we've done recently with, like, Patty Greer, Crappie Girl, she talks about her change when she was in the middle of a crop circle in 2007, and all of a sudden these things are different. It just takes that one time of, of having um, the ability to, to see something that is unexplainable by our t- normal terms and, and by our science. They can't get consciousness yet, so that's part of the equation. But it just takes one time to know that, okay, I'm seeing something that's here. And recently somebody told me about their child who was saying, I, ex- I, I see this. There's, this. there's there's this light. There's this light. It's here. And so she ran to get her mom. And her mom goes in there. She goes, oh, it's gone now. The thing about this is uh, it, when we are little children, we are not, we don't have any veils. We, we see things that the adults don't. And that goes away about oh, between five and seven when, when the socialization process kicks in. So I had that when I was a kid, too. In the meantime, what happens is when you try to tell other people this is going on and what's happening with that, they don't always get it. And uh, there are people now who deal with experiencers, who deal with people who do see ghosts, who deal with people who do hear voices, and they're not schizophrenic. However, my friend uh, David Franklin Farkas, who who worked in a psych ward overnight with the rest of the people who do see other people and hear other things and are termed psychotic and schizophrenic and that kind of stuff, he walked over to the corner of the room where the invisible man was standing and said, oh, what's going on? And it's the guy said, you see me? Well, the doctors there didn't, but the patients did. And so that's another thing that, that makes things really dicey with this because you don't, we're not all playing on the same field. So with this, uh, recently I was given an opportunity to go to a, a local house, and this is in Kansas City. It's by the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, very, very famous 
art museum. Now, the thing about that, if you compare the art museum to an antique collection, and knowing when you go into an antique collection, and recently, most recently, at um, a resale, a book reseller, there's a lot of extra energy. It may be coming and going. It may be there from previous centuries or local from, you know, somebody who just decided to take a tour before they checked out. <laughs> okay, so there's going to be a lot of activity there because it's in that neighborhood. The other activity comes in from unseen people. And this is what, this is what I liked about when I was talking with um, Tim Scully and the pictures that he took of the soldiers marching, you know, seeing that, seeing those images in in the in the ether, in the fog, and seeing people there marching, and um, that though there is a residual that hovers around. That's one of the things I like about Weston when I go there and do the events every year. Uh, there's that energy is in the space. Now, what I'm going to talk about is how I work with the energy and how how I sense it. This is not cookie cutter. This is each person develops their own unique ability to sense it and it isn't always something that is this is not anything I intended to do I I wasn't planning on doing this matter of fact I was planning on avoiding it and because it wasn't okay to talk about it and as a matter of when I was doing news I was doing as a news anchor and I thought I can't get any credibility with this I was actually working here 9-11 that when when the the morning team was in here and they came into the uh, my little news studio and said here this is what's happened, and wrote down the plane hit the World Trade Center. I'm like, what? I'm looking at him, because this is one of the things in this business. There's this gallows humor, and sometimes they try to trip you up. And I'm looking at his eyes, trying to see, and I saw the panic, and I saw the fear and the, the horror in his eyes, and I knew, okay, this is not a joke, and went on the air with it, and then went to the other room where we had the TVs on and watched the, the rest of the story. Anyway, so, so that was part of the thing. I didn't want to lose my credibility as a news anchor, as a news person, as a reporter. But this other world opened up, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm curious. I want to know, and I want to experience it. I also want to know what these other people that I have seen, like James Van Prague was in town. Brian Weiss was in town. Van Prague's a medium. Brian Weiss was a, is, a, is a therapist who's dealt with people who experience past lives. And then I got into this 1997 event. They call it a spiritually transformative experience, something along that line, STE. Um, and so as I got into that, then these other things happened to me. I had memories. I had other things that I hadn't even contemplated that became much more um, co- coherent. And I realized I had other abilities. And so as I'm getting this together... Then I have had people say, well, can you see this or can you help me with that? And so that was this, the incident here where I am invited to go to a place. I cannot give you the address at this time. I'll just say it's in the area. And there's a lot of activity in different spaces because of the history, because of, you know, when people die, they don't cross over immediately. They, they usually linger a little bit to take care of extra business. Or if they've got a significant other here that they are attached to and they've got an agreement with, they'll hang around. So what's happening is this space, they've noticed a lot of activity, paranormal activity. Don't know what's going on with it. And was there something wrong? Do we need to fix something? What happened? Why is it all of a sudden amping up? And it wasn't just one person. And these are people from different walks of life, different belief systems, and they're experiencing paranormal phenomena. And so somebody who'd listened to my other show said, well, would you consider coming in and just, you know, taking a tour, checking it out? 
Well, of course. That's what I do every year at Weston. So, um, and other places. I, there was an, an amazing experience down at uh, Clay Center that there was a, a house, same thing. It was This one was vacant and had some history with some of the people who had lived in the house, and they were trying to basically exercise the demons. Well, okay, there's more to it than that. It's not that simple. So anyway, um, when I go into the space, these are things that I sense and feel, and it gives me an idea of what's going on. I do not ask. I don't, in advance, want to know anything about where I'm going because that doesn't help. Uh, One of the people, Russell Targ and some of the guys who do the remote viewing stuff, one of the things they talk about is the projection. You have to, when you get an answer or something in your head, in your mind, in your vision, in your hearing, in your seeing, an intuitive connect, it's something you don't expect. And so there'll be a sentence or something that you don't anticipate. And then you know, okay, that's legit. So it can't be something I'm projecting or something I already know that I'm filling in the blanks. I have to go with completely unfamiliar stuff. And so as I'm going in, I am, of course, this is, it helps to have an invitation. I'm getting a sense of how the space feels. And so the, the person kind of takes me through a little bit of the, of the house and you know, uh, just, you know, here are the doors, here's, here's the windows, here's the rooms. <laughs> like I said, generic. Don't give me a lot of information. Um, and there was another house that I uh, went to and cleared by the uh, Native American. Oh, was it? It's on Mission Road right up there when a, a friend used to live there, and she said she had a lot of activity, so I helped her out with that. Anyway, it was a guy in the basement who liked his tools, and he didn't want to leave them, and he was still there. And so once we addressed that, things calmed down. But her daughter, teenager, was really, really receptive and, and getting all sorts of upset because of, of this activity. All right, so, so, so she's giving me the tour, and I have to take a break. I'm going to come back, but I'll tell you how I preset this and what happens as I go through this house and figure out what she's talking about and how I can help. Next, Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. Glad to have you along. Okay. This is one of those deals where I'm talking about the stuff that I do, the stuff I didn't know I could do until I just started doing it. It just happened. I could hear things. I could sense things. I don't see things the same way. You know, somebody says I see a full-blown apparition or something like that. That doesn't usually happen for me. But what I do, I see colors. I see shapes. I see images. And I get sounds, scents. Same, that, that's, there's, that's, that's how it works for me. So, or, or the dreams. I'll get a, a premonition, a dream, you know, an an imprint of something that's going to happen. And it took a while to figure that out because when you get the dream interpretation, the dream books, you know, people who want to tell you, okay, this is what it means and these are the symbols and that's how they work. That's in theory. That's a good way to have like a template for that. But when you have a a premonition or something that's going on around you and you're trying to get information that way from that super, super conscious or, you know, that extra realm, then um, it also comes through in dreams and they're not necessarily in the book. Well, so this was an opportunity for me to go and check out this space. And as I'm doing a walkthrough, uh, the first thing I notice before I even do any of that is the, the intensity of the house, the energy of the space. And the way I can describe, describe it, it's like a barometric pressure where you, are, you sense something and it's, it's kind of full. It might be sticky. It might be um, in some way, shape, or form. You're going to feel compression. And under a lot of, like if you're underwater and the, the further down you go, the, the more the denser it feels. Okay, that's what the space of this building felt like. This, this house had this very intense, heavy density. 
And so I'm walking through it thinking, um, I told the person, there's, there's just no way I could stay here because it's, to, to me, that's, it's claustrophobic. And it's a big space, beautiful space, large, you know, the old school rooms, uh, historic, beautiful place, but uh, very uncomfortable. So, so at that point, I know, okay, there's, there's energy here, and definitely I can see why they would, there would be some paranormal activity. So as I'm going through this space, um, I, I, my husband is with me because he helps ground me, and these, sometimes these things are, are intense. So as I look like I might be drifting off somewhere, it's not that I've left. It's that I'm trying to get a sense of, of what the information might be. And so the, the lady who invited me there, she goes on and uh, leaves us alone in the space. And it was a, one of those things where it just seemed to be the perfect opportunity for me to set up in, this, in a central location and ask, you know, just ask, why am I here? Well, what's what's going on? Why is there, why is there a disturbance? And th- there was a, a sense that there there was some disruption and some things that were happening around the building and around that space that, that they were doing something wrong. And so they felt like all of a sudden this activity, you know, that that uh, these things that were happening, the, the space, whatever was in it, was un, un, unhappy and causing a disturbance. Well, okay, the response I got was, um, we'd like to leave, and nobody here does that. <laughs> okay, that was not, I had not anticipated that. I, I thought, okay, there's somebody here who recently um, had a problem or, you know, left in, a, in an uncomfortable way. We won't go that far. But anyway, so, so I just thought that might have been it. No, no, it was, it's a, we're, we're ready and nobody does that here. Uh, okay, well, all right. My reputation precedes me, I guess. I don't know. So it was so that, and I will say though, when you do this kind of work, they see you because your energy is something that they can adapt, accept, integrate, um, get infused with. There, that's that's part of this. So when you know that, you're not. It isn't um, uncomfortable. It's just you know that somebody else is tagging you. All right. So at that point, I ask where you know who was there. And I had been given a number 13. I said, and so they said 12. And I said, well, I had 13, one left. Well, okay, where are you? And this is the fun part because I get two in the basement, four on the main floor, and seven on an upper floor. And the fun thing about that is that as I later on, after everything is said and done, checked it out, the the way the domestics had been situated, the two had been in the kitchen area, and that was a place for them to hang out and be, and they were there for a few years. So that was right. The four had to do with the others who were there not um, permanently, but uh, as part of the house. And I had names later on that came with that. And then, and I have to be, I'm being a little bit ambiguous because, again, I cannot identify the address. I can identify the experience, and I'm okay with that um, until later when it becomes a public thing. So uh, anyway, um, the other the other one was the seven. I'm thinking, well, what what's the seven? And uh, that later I was given that at one point a family of seven lived on that upper floor. Well, the thing is, it adds up to thirteen. <laughs> the original number. I'm not sure who checked out first, but the other thing then there was a lady of the house. And she's very much a part of this, and she's an entertainer. She's the house is, is something that was her pride and joy, 
and I ask, well, why she didn't leave? And this stuff is where, where it gets a little more, I think, curious. She said when she, when she passed over, when she died, her father was there to greet her. But her father had also stayed behind, and he was still there. And then at some point, she was much more comfortable because of all of the this was her this was her home. This was a place that she really, really put a lot of energy, time, thought, love, attachment. She's in the space because she's attached to it, and she's having fun seeing the comings and goings of the people. Um, the way this works for me, what I see on their realm is it's very much their space. They have they're 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 seeing this as it was in their time, and yet they're a- also able to engage with us. And so she's seeing that and um, seeing changes coming and and now ready to go. But she didn't go with her dad when he checked out because after a while, as she crossed over, he's there, there together, and she's wrapped up in all the goings and comings of this space. And then he moves, and she says, I don't know where he went. I lost track. See, these are the stories you get into, and you're you're really not sure how, how much it relates to what was in the space. And so... At that point, though, I know that I have been given permission, and everybody is the ones who are there are saying, we're done, this, this, please help. And so as you do this to help, help clear a space, to help elevate it, I call it an energy shift. Everybody has different language for this. Again, this isn't, this isn't cookie cutter, but it has a result. And so you amplify, you elevate, you bring the light in, you shift the energy. And as that happens, these things change. And usually the paranormal activity will cease or die down. Now, other times it'll just go back in the shadows for a little bit and then come back out, depending on who all is still there. Because like an antique store or a place like museums where all this old energy is, it has stuff that goes with it. And people who say they see ghosts in those places are not trying to pull your leg. They're saying, this is what's happening. You can take it or leave it. So with that, um, bringing this energy shift in and helping and saying any, anything that would like to leave, those who are ready, and then the energy shifts. And so as that happens, um, I talk with the, the, the woman who um, knew uh, all the details, and she says, yes, there was an ener- the, the woman who was there. They're very familiar with her. And then I'm, as I'm standing there, I'm seeing this light behind her, like little, little white sparks, and with that, that's that, that, that spirit energy. And so I'm seeing those behind her. I'm thinking, what the heck? And then I feel next to me, um, I, I feel this, this uh, entity standing there and trying to get my attention. I'm getting, giving, uh, getting the letter J and getting this warm, just, just like a bubbly, effervescent feel. I'm like, whoa, this is okay. Somebody's got a message. And I said, well, okay, so the letter J, and she's deceased. So... We have to do a little bit more homework here. And it's going to, you know, going to be a little bit more for me to figure out what's going on. I'm going to take a break. You want to catch up with this? I took some photos when I was talking with Tim Skolian about his ghost photography of the orbs that I get in some photos. And one was a neighbor who lived across the street and uh, visited my lamp. At the same time, his daughter was at my door knocking to give me a gift from him. And that was another one of those amazing moments. This is part of my life now. And like I say, it didn't start out this way. It started in 1997. And it's a heck of an amazing break (laughs) from what I do in my other life. Radio. Stick around. Wendy's Coffee House. KCMO Talk Radio. Talking to Nightlights. 
and more. The amazing drama you're about to see is a matter of human record. You may believe it or not, but the real people who lived this story, they believe it, they know. They took that one step beyond. Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. That's a fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, these are stories. This is like about the same time The Twilight Zone came out. And Alcoa, I believe, was the presenter of this. It was like, I mean, this is old school. This is back when they compiled these stories. They tried to get to the best of their ability stories that were a little bit more um, offbeat, that ha- they had been reported, and they could corroborate them with the people who went through the events. So that's one that you might want to check into. But the, the reason um, I, I want that as part of this is because when this happens for you and you're going through the, through the experience, the only way you can corroborate it, it's basically afterwards and connecting dots. So when I'm in this house, I see these lights behind the lady. There are little sparks up by the ceiling. I'm thinking, okay, and then I get this effervescent feel. Something is beside me. Someone is beside me. And I said, okay. So she's, um, I get a J. I get it is a female and deceased. And she said, well, there was a student who died at a certain, like, the, right before the term started. I said, I don't, I don't, that's, because it would have been August or September. No, no, no. I, I said, okay, it's December. And um, she, she's wearing, she wears a scarf. She's showing me a scarf. Now, the, the thing is, I'm picturing this as a, she was, a, she was a student, but she's wearing a scarf. And so I'm getting the age, you know, 17 or 18, somewhere in that, you know, that late teens. And, um the letter J. And later on, yes, that's exactly what's going on. The woman had been a student. Her name was Judy, and she was known for wearing a scarf. That was corroborated after I was gone. So those kinds of things, all I can do is, this is what I'm getting. This is what I sense. This is what I pick up. Does it make sense? I don't have anything to do with it. Okay, so that was one of those things, but the energy, she was trying to let this person know that she really appreciated everything that she was doing. So it was a much more, it was a personal thing for this woman to make a connection. And that was why she showed up at that moment. And also it was very much a part of the things that were happening in that area. So that to me was um, an obvious connection that was there that I think needed to happen for the two of them. So it wasn't even about the space. It was about the connection between this one who had recently died and then wanted to say, hey, it's okay, I like what you're doing, and there were some other things that go along with that, and that's personal. So, so when these things happen and I get an invitation to do something like that, I don't know ahead of time. I just know I need to show up and find out. That's why I said, why am I here? What's going on in this space? And then when the answer was, we'd like to leave, and nobody here does that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. That can be arranged. And the other thing, as I'm clearing the energy, there was one who came through who was incredibly um, ill at the time. And what I was picking up on was a a poisoning, but maybe an inadvertent poisoning, like an arsenic or something. But the chemicals that were used during that time for art supplies and those kinds of things, it was very likely that this person would have been inadvertently exposed to something that was a toxic substance. But yes, there was a person who was in that space who was ill, and as I felt that one come into and then go on, and I'm explaining this the way I work with it, that that energy I felt come into me, which is why I have my husband, because any time I feel out of balance or like I, I need to, you know, remember where I am, 
he helps to uh, ground me. And that's what I learned a long time ago is, you know, that's why they have a sitter or somebody who works with somebody who does these kinds of things, a, a companion to, to give you a sense of, um, of concrete, you know, of the physical world. Because a lot of the stuff that you're doing this, it's, a, it's um, more in that other element, that, uh, that mind, thought, essence. And so as I'm doing this, I feel this energy and it really, really comes in and drains you because I'm taking on that, that sickness and as I shift that and give it a boost out, that entity no longer has to feel that because the entity got stuck instead of moving on and crossing over, got stuck in that last phase that they were quite familiar with and had no idea anything else existed, and they were stuck on that plane. So that shifted. Okay, now the upshot of all of this is when I hear feedback of, well, what happened? The people who are in and out of that space and who are familiar with the space, said there was something different, that going into their house, all of a sudden it was, it was lighter. It didn't have the heavy feel. And somebody who was in there who had no idea that we had done any of this, that I had done anything, uh, he used to make an appearance and come in, and um, the door would be shut. And all of a sudden, the behavior is different. It's much more friendly. And um, again, I, I had a couple couple calls saying that that this energy, when you go in, it feels happy. That it's welcoming. The whole energy of the house is different, and that's what I got with the house in Clay Center. The same kind of thing. That's why I call it shifting energy. And a lot of times, this happens in personal space. It happens everywhere. You don't have to have a you know, a, a bad reputation at a house for it to have energy. The other ones I've worked with before, one was by a cemetery. And so there was a lot of coming and going. And I tell you what, if you live by a cemetery, just expect to have visitors. <laughs> That's just what happens. That's part of it. So a lot of people who live by cemeteries aren't necessarily clued into all this because it would drive them crazy. Um, it gets annoying when they won't let you sleep at night and they're telling you about all their stuff. There was one where I did a, a, a session, and this was, a, a, again, a local media person. And he, he was living in a house there by a cemetery, but the little one of the children was experiencing a playmate and the playmate was in the upstairs and they're trying to figure out because the child is autistic and not sure, you know, how to communicate, but they could see this, this, the toys are being moved. He's talking to somebody and they're playing. And upstairs there was a, a child ghost who, um, as I identified the space and they told me, yeah, that's correct. There was interestingly enough, a chair, a small a child's chair sitting outside a door that was open to the attic and that ghost spent time in the, in the attic, and that chair and that door would be open and closed. And so as we dealt with that, then at one point, the mom said, well, the child was sitting on her lap, and then she was in the house and saw this door. The doorway all of a sudden had an orange glow around it. And through that orange glow stepped some people dressed maybe in period um, 20s, 30s clothing, and they were in a conga line coming through. Somebody was carrying a tray, and it was like they were having a party. Now, this little boy is on her lap. And she said, she's like just astounded that all of a sudden she see these people come through and go in a conga line, a little circle around carrying and then back out the door. Now, the deal is because she was with the boy, that he was sitting on her lap, she was in his energy and she got that brief window to see what he saw, but he could not articulate. So when children give you 
images and say, I see something, before you say that's impossible or you're crazy or don't talk about it, ask questions. What did you see? Can you describe it? If they don't have language for it, can you draw a picture? Don't go into trying to determine that you know what the picture is. Ask more questions. Well, how did it feel? Were they happy? Because the energy of this will tell you everything about the space. If it makes you sad, if it makes you sick to your stomach, and sometimes that that nausea feel, that's because we're on different wavelengths, and so it isn't always convenient or comfortable. But there's a reason that things start acting up. There's a reason for paranormal activity. It has a source. Sometimes it's even you if you're going through a lot of trauma. Okay, we'll we'll be back because there's more to this. There always is. (laughs) It's a tremendous opportunity right now to get in touch with things that you can't see, sense, feel in the normal way. And it's all right here. Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. Wendy's Coffee House, KCMO Talk Radio. Okay. So getting into this. That was one of my favorites as a, as a kid. <laughs> I liked Quentin's theme the best. Everybody did. Okay, you can actually see that. They've got the box sets, all, all versions and the outtakes uh, available anywhere on the Internet. Um, the, the thing about this with children, I wanted to go back to it because this is really important, and this is what I have discovered working with people who live in areas that are haunted, homes that are haunted, and they can't figure out what to do about it. The kids usually are the first to know, and the pets will tell you. If a pet is uncomfortable in a room, bingo. When the child says, I see something, they're not trying to freak you out. They're trying to say, what is it and why? So instead of saying it doesn't exist, ask questions. What happened, um, there, there is one experience I know where there are s- several children involved, and the two older boys were living on the top floor. Their behavior changed while they were living on the top floor, went into goth, all sorts of stuff, um, and, and just negative. And they knew that that space was haunted, so they don't go back to the house. And the, the other one, the young girl, moved up, expanding her horizons, going up on the second floor where the bigger rooms were. She had been on the, the main floor. And all of a sudden, her behavior changed. Same kind of thing, a negative influence. And finally, they figured out, the boys, the brothers said, uh, clueless, get back downstairs. <laughs> she gets back downstairs. The goth goes away, and so do all those freaky, you know, weird happenings because that that house happens to have all the activity and not real pleasant up on that upper floor. They're not leaving the house, so they're you know that's the thing you have to figure out how to work with this. Well, th- there's another incident that the little girl is telling her mom, "I see a fire," and she sees certain things at certain times of the day. So there are, there are clues with that, but. At one point, the little girl got a paddling, okay? And this is something the person did not like to tell me. said, I, I know, I, I, but I have to say this. And I, I gave her a little spanking, and, and she said, she turned around and she looked at me. And this is a child who's barely into talking, okay, just barely into talking. And she says, do it again. That is not a typical response. This is an occasion where that behavior is aggressive, and it's the child who has an encounter with another entity. 
And so what happens, that is a clue that in this house there is activity that is uh, in some way, shape, or form impressing the people who are there and engaging. And children don't always, they can't always tell the difference between a negative influence. And so these kinds of things happen all the time in ways that we don't anticipate until we're able to see, like this thing that I told you happened in 1997, all of a sudden these other areas became much more, for me, um, visible. And these experiences became much more common. And uh, when I would go into a space, there was one house that was being in the process of being renovated and looking at it as, as a potential house to, to live in or to resell one way or the other, live in. Um, I went in. Not one room in that house had been completely finished. They were in the process of doing each and every room and never completed anything. When I walked out of that house, I had something that had been attached to my finger, and it felt like I had been um, like a lobster. Something was pinching the heck out of my finger, and that's an attachment, and that's that house, and no, you're not going to buy it. <laughs> Because the energy in it was so disruptive and um, adversarial that was causing a lot of that. That would be a money pit kind of house. Another one, uh, when I was out looking at houses and, and uh, at, the t- at the time, the partner said, go check this out and see if they're offering it for sale. I walked in and the house wasn't up for sale yet. It had been vacant. And what was happening at the time I walked in was the family was getting there going over for the relatives. The person had died, and so they were going over the property. And I got a headache that lasted three hours because I had intruded on private space. And I, that it, was, it was an unwanted um, disruption, and so that was a psychic attack. These things, as you become more familiar with this kind of activity, then you can see it when it's happening and people have issues with haunted homes. And it may only be a short term. But it's enough to say there's a lot more going on here than we often identify or recognize. And being quick to judge, saying, well, you're just imagining. Or that can't be happening. You must be deceiving me. You're trying to get attention. And it would be better if we said, can you explain that? And is it a consistent happening? Do more sleuthing of this and try and figure out before people start saying, well, you can't prove it. The thing is, it doesn't have to be proven. I have to understand how it works in my experience because a lot of this stuff, you cannot prove it. It won't happen again. And it's like the little the child who said, I see a fire in this space. I see a fire. Oh, it, you're, you're in the room. It, it's not here. But it was here. It wasn't there when the adult was present. And when you get into some of these experiences people who experience the ET, alien, other whatever word you want to call it, presence, they will experience it, and the other person, when they're in the space, won't. It's, it's one of those things that you may not be receptive to it, or it may be hidden. It may diminish. A lot of times, when you, the people who move into a haunted house don't know it immediately. After they've been there three or four months, then they start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and say, this is not supposed to be happening. It could happen quicker. But that... Sometimes it will lay low. And then the activity of the house, the space, more likely it usually responds to um, incredible intense emotions. That's, that's one of those things that's it's like a, a barometer. You can go by the, the intensity level of the house. When the emotions are on up, 
high, you know, it can also be happy, but negative and intense um, anxiety or, or frustration or anger, a lot of times the energy will amp up. And it, then there, there will be this sense of feeling very uncomfortable because of this. If you're living in a haunted space, and you know what I'm talking about, then you will notice that there are certain times when you feel drained of energy. And it will just completely, like, uh, sap you until you get out of the house and come back. And some people can live like this for years. They know the house is haunted. They know the space it has, has enter- energy of some kind. And they just take vacations. <laughs> Go out, get a buzz, have fun. You know, a buzz as in going to the beach or going somewhere fun, not, not any kind of medication uh, or other stuff, but, but just getting a break from the space. And that's important. So people who live in areas that are known to have that intense energy, like we were talking about with the Tim Skullion, you know, that, that, that whole place has a lot of intense energy. And Weston, same thing. There's a lot of energy because of the history and because of the, the, just the way that it is situated, that that makes it a place that you're going to have a different kind of person attracted to it. And you're going to have a different type of energy level to be able to sustain your own mental health and physical health when you're in that environment. So in, in closing, I would say when you go to museums, be aware there might be a little bit more activity there. When you go to yard sales and estate sales, and before you accept a gift secondhand, not that it's not a wonderful gift and it isn't a treasured possession, remember it may have a little extra kick <laughs> that comes along with it. And how you will know that is that the electricity around you, it will drain batteries. It will, you know, so flashlights, uh uh-uh. anything like that, it'll drain. Electricity will start acting kind of funky. Things might break down. And it just becomes a more interesting place to be. Okay? So there you go. You just remember. Question. Ask. When you hear things that go bump in the night and there's nobody else there you're not going to call a ghostbuster (laughs) you're going to start taking notes what is this get a camera get a microphone and start recording then you're going to find out all the stuff that goes on here when everybody's too busy saying I'm bored I need something to do The ghosts have your back. They'll give you something to do. And if you need help, then yeah, you're going to have to make a phone call. Not me. (laughs) I've got enough ghosts of my own. Till next time, stay curious. Check out the blog, Wendy's Coffee House. KCMO Talk Radio.